Come on. What you have just heard, listeners, all over the world, is a warning. And you will hear this warning from here on out. You've been listening to your leaders tell you that there is a great move toward democracy in the world. You witnessed the parting of the Iron Curtain, the fall of the Berlin Wall, the fracturing of the Soviet Union. And this is all supposedly toward a new worldwide democracy. Democracy is a code word for socialism, and that's why our forefathers established a republic. But don't get down, folks. All is not lost. The problem lies within each and every one of you, and therein also lies the answer. I'm your host, William Cooper, and you're listening to The Hour of the Time. Yeah, that was William Cooper. Let me be on the channel. Hopefully, I can stop this right now. But that was him. That was, that was the beginning of the very first episode of The Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Anyway, here's Mr. Tom Cooper and his little buddy. We have I, This is my great nephew here, Isaiah. He's been staying with us for a while. Yeah. He's, been, he, he's pretty great. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. We've been having a good time. Yeah, what have you been up to? Um, just He's been playing video games, you know, just uh, being a little kid, having a good time, you know. Which ones? Uh, what, what games you been playing, dude? Pokemon, Minecraft, wow. and 
Yes, Mario. Some Tetris and Super Mario? The one. Oh, what? So, Pokemon Violet, Minecraft, and WarioWare. I've heard of Pokemon, I've heard of Minecraft, but I haven't heard of the other one. Oh, that's it's like little mini games. Oh, yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, I used to play video games back in the 1920s. Dude, chat can tell you about it. Who? Chat. Who's that? Chat. You see, the chat, like, talks. Oh, got you, got you. Oh. I, I okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so anyway, well, what we got here is uh, his actual full name was uh, Milton William Cooper. Tell us what you know, Mr. Cooper, about Mr. Cooper. Um. Well, I mean, when were you introduced to him? Let's let's make it easy. Let's um, start right off there. And I'll tell you when I was introduced to him. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> I'm not exact. I don't remember an, an exact time or even how I, I, I don't, um, it, I was watching anonymous and, uh, I think they play in, in some of their stuff. Like they play, um, him talking. Right. Yeah. And Didn't they? I, I had to do some digging around. Yeah. And I, well, in some of the videos that, um, that I was watching, it had like a little spot of him talking and it would show him like, uh, like on a podium. Oh yeah. He used to do presentations about the uh, extraterrestrial agenda and everything. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to find out who that gentleman is. And, uh, so I started looking up who Bill Cooper was. Um, yeah. and then started watching his videos on, um, YouTube. Yeah. I came up. Um, are you, did you freeze or am I? I think Chris froze, or maybe it's on our end. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're freezing. Yeah, it's a good possibility. Oh, there he is. He's moving. Oh, now I can't breathe. <laughs> Talk about getting winded by sitting down. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> anyway. Well, William Cooper, Bill Cooper. Um I came across his work uh, probably in the late 90s, right around the time that I came across a Alex Jones type character out of Austin, Texas. And then I learned who was the phony and who was the real deal. And one of them is not alive anymore. So I'm gonna go with the one that is not alive anymore, had a lot more credibility, you know. Um, yeah, what we're going to do is, uh, for those watching and listening, we're going to have like a nice little loosey goosey, uh, just a nice fun little talk right now of, uh, about what we know about Mr. Cooper, William, that is. Um, and then what's that? Make fun stuff. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid, Isaiah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I wasn't born smart. Anyway, but um, yeah, and then later on, we'll do a more deep dive into Bill Cooper later on. Just uh, I'm, I, I'm feeling, what do they call it? Over the weather or through the hoops or over the moon or something? Under the moon? I don't know. Under the jail? Yeah, something like oh, that. Something like that. <laughs> Just because my health is it's my own fault. 
But uh, for right now, we're just, you know, we're going to have fun like we do. That's what the show's all about. Fun. And if we don't have fun, we will, we will violently find a way to have fun. So I just want to let people know um, sure. there's a six-part presentation that he does. It's uh, called Porterville, California. I've heard of that. You can find it on Rumble um, under Bill Ooh. Cooper Collections. Is that the uh, two-minute clip? Uh, that's uh, it's from that site. Yes. Okay. Let's see. This might go horribly wrong, Mr. Cooper, but hopefully okay, not well, for this, Mr. Cooper. What, happens, right? what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a screen share and I'm going to play the video and hopefully I don't think we'll even know until later on, uh, if people saw it, but hopefully we will. Okay. Because <laughs> when I hit the share thing, I'm going to have to go, uh, share audio as well, but then I have to mute. I think we have to mute our mics so that. It plays the audio out. From what I remember, the other guys. Mute mine too. I think I think that's how it works. Okay, I'll mute mine right now. How's that? Three, two, one. Their whole purpose throughout history has been to teach a small number of people how to become adept at controlling everyone else. Their goal is to destroy all existing religions, save theirs, all existing governments, save theirs, and shackle the mob in a system of eternal oppressive debt chained to a computer for the rest of their life in a propagandized world to make them believe that they are happy in this system. Now, do you think they're succeeding? Yeah. Haven't I described to you just now exactly what is going on in the world today? Yes, they're succeeding. They're succeeding because the American people don't understand their enemy. They don't even know what's happening. There's a method to their madness. There's really not much method to yours because you're operating from a place of ignorance. And until you change that, you're going to be bumbling around, bumping into each other, saying and doing the wrong things, not understanding the nature of your en enemy. And if you don't understand the nature of your enemy and the weapons they use, you cannot fight that enemy. You can't fight the battle. You shouldn't even be on the battlefield. That's why you're losing the war. And don't tell me you're not, because I'm in a place of great knowledge about who's winning and who's losing this war. And I can assure you, you're losing the war. This country was founded by dangerous men. Amen. And the moment the people in this country cease to be dangerous men, it's going to be the day we cease to have a country. And I'm going to tell you right now, unless we can be successful in creating a real free press where the American people get different viewpoints other than those expressed in the establishment-controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country, and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. 
They are following the Judas goat right into the shearing pens, and from there they will go to the slaughter, and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of the sheeple in front of them. Well, that was something. You're still muted, Chris. Could there you, you go. Hear, could you hear it? Yes, sir. Heard right, it. Cool. Everything. It was all. It was awesome. I looked at uh, my uh, my Twitter while we were doing it, and uh, yeah, apparently it's working good, uh, except for the audio part. I, I wasn't sure, but but anyway, but I digest. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I would say I, I would say anybody watching that doesn't know uh, hasn't heard of Bill Cooper or listened to any of his stuff. I'm going to say it again. Go watch that six part series, Porterville, California. Have you he been to Porterville? Me. Huh? Have you been to Porterville? I have not. No. I don't even know where that is. He did. He did a show in San Diego, California. I I didn't know anything about Bill Cooper back then. Had I known, I would have went. You know what I mean? I know. Porterville. Yeah, Dave McGowan. Dave McGowan lived down the street from me when I lived in Highland Park uh, near Pasadena. Yeah, never knew that. Never knew he was that close. I could have like literally walked like five, ten minutes and would have been right there. You know. Yeah. Now he's gone. So, but anyway, um, yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, what else is uh, the late great Bill Cooper taught you? Um, just about life and how the world works. And um, I'm gonna. This is gonna sound real messed up, but um, Bill Cooper has taught me that I am the problem. Um, of what's going on in the United States, um, most people can't admit to that. Um, I can because I know I am. I'm a big part of the problem. Am I out protesting this? These things that this system that they're putting these laws and stuff against us on. I'm not doing anything, Chris. Um, I'm, I'm, I know I'm a sheeple. Um, I've been programmed. I've been brainwashed. Um, it's, it's tough to break out of that. You know what I mean? Um, but if you know that you are, it's, it makes it a lot easier to uh, recognize the programming and the brainwashing and stuff that's going on. Um, like, uh, like I'm going to just, this, this is, uh, for instance, the trans stuff that's going on right now. Um, I don't pay any attention to it because the more you pay attention to it, the more you bitch about it, the stronger it gets. Yeah. The less we pay attention to it. Cause that's what they're throwing at us. They're throwing stuff like that at us yeah. and people are getting pissed, PO'd over uh, a Bud Light can or whatever. You know what I mean? Like. I don't even care. Crash test dummies. Um, that is the waste of my time. I know. You know what I'm saying? For me to think about this trans stuff they're trying to push. Um, and they're trying to push it. But like I said, the more we pay attention to it, the more we get pissed off about it, the more they win. And I think most trans folks will tell you, we don't want to do anything like that they're telling, saying that we're doing, you know, to the young young people you know there's been there's been trans people chris for thousands of years there's been homosexual people for thousands of years i know this is nothing new okay um the people that most trans don't want to be involved in the stuff that they're pushing right now they just want to be 
you know, like most people just be left alone to live their lives um, without yeah. being persecuted for it. Or bullied or, 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 yeah. You know, and that's what Bill Cooper will teach you, that you don't judge people for what they believe in. Because this is supposed to be a free country and you can believe in whatever you want. Right. Um, that's what I've learned from Bill Cooper. I've learned about freedom from that gentleman. Um, do we have freedom? No, we don't. We don't. We haven't right. ever. We probably haven't had freedom ever. As long as as long as there's a a religion or something like that backing our country, yeah. we'll never have freedom. They say a Christian nation, but what about everyone else that's might not be of that persuasion? You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, what? Let's say the Jews are the Jewish people are running the show here. Yeah. Are we going to be free? No. They're going to push their Jewish stuff on us, right? Just like I hear from like, just like the Catholics would do it, just yeah. like the Buddhists would do it. They would push it. Yeah. So you know, here's. Um, I bet we've all pretty much been brainwashed from the get-go by our parents. Um, yeah. Not they didn't know that, and it, it wasn't their fault. I don't blame. They were brainwashed. My it goes on and on and on and on, right? Like, um, I think uh, if you have children, that you should wait. Uh, you shouldn't push any agenda on them at all. No religion, nothing. Let them play. Grow up, be a child. Grow, let them go they, outside and play with sticks and have yeah. an imagination. And when they're old enough to make that decision, then you can talk to them about stuff of like religion and stuff like that. That's how I, I that's how I was yeah. with my son. Right. Um, but he, I, so at the time I was messed up in prison and just being a jackass, my parents had my son. Well, you were learning. And, uh, yeah. And then some, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, my mom was Catholic. Um, my dad, he really didn't subscribe to any religion. Um, yeah. that's just who my dad was. Um, but my mom was Catholic and she, my son was pushed that way a little. So, um, had it, had it be, been just me and him, I would have never pushed any of that on him at all. I would have let him make a decision. Right. Um, and at, when he got older, um, let him figure it out, you know? Yeah, uh, I, that, I think that's how we we develop critical thinkers yeah. in children. Let them make their decisions, and of course they're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. That's how we learn. Um, yeah. But then you can be there to try to help them out and show them, you know, hey, this is where you kind of messed up, and and hopefully they learn from that. That's what I figure. The whole role as a parent is let your kids be be themselves and like just make sure that they're still breathing and protect them and that you know that's about it man we're throwing all this crazy stuff out and people you know the system's throwing crazy stuff at our kids right now man and it's not it's not good you know not at all no and then we have you know it's like these play date remember before the lockdown there were play dates and everything oh we're gonna we're gonna pencil in this it's like uh just let them go play you know yeah yeah. Well, that's that's what I did when I was a kid, Chris. Me too. You know, I had a canyon in my backyard. That's why I have the imagination I have. Because I can go outside and think about things and create things in my head. You know, yeah. play with sticks. When and the I kids did. are in the house all day long, that's not good. That's not healthy either. 
Same with the parents. <laughs> Same with like myself. It's not good to be in indoors all the time. You know. To yeah, it's kind of like we we put ourselves on lockdown. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was actually on lockdown in more ways than one even before the lockdown. That's why at first I was like, this ain't, it's not so bad. It's not affecting me because I was already in self-imposed lockdown. Because of trauma. Trauma and depression and things like that, you know. I was kind of all done with society before COVID. So it was really weird when the whole world became like me. And I'm like, I don't like that. I was trying to get away from you people. And now you're all like me now. And I'm like, oh, no. It's funny, Chris, when they when they put the lockdown for, you know, the two week one, it was so quiet in my neighborhood. There were no cars going up and down the street. It was crazy how quiet it was. It was almost scary. It's actually kind of weird, kind of nice in a weird way for a split second there, because it seemed like a lot of pollution was going to start going away because we didn't have as many people driving on the road. Yes. But then all, but then California just got lit on fire and burned for the whole year. Anyway, so I guess I don't know. That's, that's yeah. California, brother. That's the, it's yeah. part of the it's part of the process. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, what do you know about William Cooper, Bill Cooper's uh, untimely demise? Like what? What offhand? Not to put you on the spot, but what have you heard? Not at all. Hold on a second with that, dude. Okay. Thank you. Well, what does he got? What, what's Isaiah got? He's uh, soundboard, dude. Oh, can he, is he allowed to show it? Yeah, he can show it. Absolutely, yeah, man. You got a soundboard. What is that? What is a soundboard? Podcasting etiquette is all. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. So, what is it just like sound effects and things like that? Yeah. Cool. It's a lot of memes. We we get a budget. We're gonna have to hire you, buddy. Absolutely. He'll be the top producer. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you take over from us, old, old fogies here, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyway. Theorist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, conspiracy analyst. <laughs> that, yeah. No theories here. No theories no. here if you did your research right. Anyway. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what, Cooper, that's what Bill Cooper teaches you. He said, what do you say? He goes... Don't trust me. Don't trust anyone. Go do it yourself. Do the research yourself. Don't he even says trust your parents. And what? Don't trust your parents. Don't trust your parents. So you know I what I mean. Was, I mean, if you look at a lot of most people in this country, yeah, he was right about that as well. <laughs> well, know? I mean, look, Chris. I I was brought up through the Catholic Church. I despise it now. Um, yeah. Despise I, all religion. I kind of do too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's different from in, to, in my opinion, that's different than uh, spirituality and, you know, a higher that has nothing to do with believing in God. Nothing. Any human, any, any institution that was created by human beings, I don't care for. I'll put it that yeah. way. Does that sound nice enough? Or despise actually. It depends on the day. Because I feel like most wars, besides money, are over religion. Either money or religion or both. The people are supposed to run the government. Supposed to. Run the government. We live in a fascist country right now and have for a long time. The corporations are running our country. 
Um, and, and we're not doing anything about it. And that's what the whole definition is. A lot of people just throw that word around, just like with co communist. Fascism, as far as I, I remember, was when corporations and religion team up to be your government. I it's it, it, please watch those series of Porterville, California with Bill Cooper. He breaks this all down, dude. Everything he's talking about is is relevant to to today. What's going on right now? This I watched one that was like ten hours long too. Yeah. The Porterville ones, like four hours. Six, I think. Six no, hours, yeah. he broke it down into six uh, segments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he has some out there that are almost like fifteen yeah. hours. Like when he went, to, he went to England, dude, at one point. Well, the one, uh, the Babylon series, that's like forty-eight hours of. Yeah, I have <laughs> to go back and revisit yeah. that myself. Yeah. You know, um, well, what do you know about? I'm going to turn the camera off just so I can commute, uh, and other people don't want to be on on film. But I'm still going to be listening. Can you just tell me and everyone else, like, what do you know about his? untimely demise um i just what i know is uh what i read and and saw on video i saw the his one buddy he did a documentary about his death and doyle, uh, doyle shamley that's right which was which was super interesting and uh he kind of broke it down like you know uh the cops they they murdered him yeah, yeah they, uh, they uh, set them up basically. Uh, they pretended to be teenagers blasting heavy metal at the end of the driveway. At the, oh yeah, at the end of the cul-de-sac, um, he right. went out there. So they were making noise. He went out there to go check, see what the hell was going on. You know, I bet and, you that and all hell broke loose. You know, oh, uh, yeah. from, from what he said, uh, Bill Cooper took off running. They tried to run him over with a car, but missed him. Um, and then finally, the, he got to his house and. Uh, uh, some of the articles say that he uh, the, the they flat out lied. Yeah, a whole bunch of articles. Sorry, folks. It's just the door. Yeah. Um, well, a bunch of a bunch of articles flat out lied too. Yeah. Well, Chris, there's an article from the Arizona newspaper that I sent you, and basically what is uh, how I took it was is they're trying to say that QAnon had something. I saw you know, that. No, that QAnon, they were it, like, it was a B Bill Cooper thing. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And you know what's hilarious about that? Bill Cooper's been dead since November of 2001. Yeah. <laughs> Just like so, John F. Kennedy Jr., they say, is QAnon too. But he was murdered in, two, in 1999. They're both dead. I wasn't there. So maybe I should shut my mouth, but I'm fairly certain. I would, I would uh, be pretty sure that Bill Cooper was uh, assassinated for sure, dude. Um, as yeah. far as that other QAnon stuff, that it uh, with with Junior RFK Junior, whatever is They try yeah. to say that JFK Junior is actually uh, QAnon, and that he secretly uh, Trump's vice president, and that Trump is still president, even. Wow! Uh, Talk that. about a theory. Yeah, hey, that's that's a good one. You know, um, eh, is it? Though? it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it might be for the QAnon people. You know, I don't know. You know but, what? Tell me, you're right? I should. Uh, no, you're right. But I have a just by research and things. 
I have a feeling. Let's just say I, I got a feeling because you can't be certain with anything. So I got to stop being cute about it. I don't. I'm going to be real honest with you, Chris. Um, when the QAnon stuff started coming around, yeah, I was watching a little bit of it, Me but too. I caught real quick, real quick. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I could see it as a, a psyop, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's exactly what I thought from the game. He's on a web board. Um, there was, it, none of what he was saying was really coming true. I mean, people kept claiming it was true. The government, the government, military, the people, the higher ups, whatever you want to call them, they run the internet. Yeah. Um. So for somebody to be putting out, I mean, I know it's blockchain, and they say that you blockchain, can't really trace block. it or whatever. Yeah. yeah I. You know. Well, whatever. Maybe. Maybe not. You know. Um, but I think I think uh, they can't track the thing that they created, right? <laughs> yeah, I, it just it just uh, didn't it sound coach to me by any means. Yeah, it stinks. Yes, and I have a sound effect to that effect. You're gonna like this, Isaiah. Let's check it out here. Did Jason get rid of uh, the thing? I mean, soundboard. I think it. Here we go. <laughs> No, that's not it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a nincompoop. <laughs> kind of a time delay, but I think when you play it back, there is no delay, so it's weird. I don't know. Right. For me, for me it sounds like it's like delayed. Like it's right here, you know what I mean? What do you say? <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> I have a lot of that. Yes, I'm trying to get rid of it. <laughs> See, soundboards can sometimes be fun. Absolutely, it can be. Or if you're not funny, you have this. Crickets. Anyway, but anyway. <laughs> But you know what? I used to love when uh, Bill Cooper would have his uh, little girl, his daughter. He'd, he'd have her like in the background and he would like talk to her. And sometimes he'd have callers like talk to her like uh, it's kind of sweet. But uh, he had to he had to send his uh, little girl. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But folks, yeah. William Cooper, I I had the privilege to be able to check out his. Um, Here's what's funny. Oh, what's I, I I would uh, go to his uh, Babylon series. Yeah. And I would put it on um, before I would go to bed, so I would hear it like when I was sleeping. It would seep in. I, I did that with hour. I did that with the hour of the time episodes, dude. Yes. And um, yeah. Funny. I was talking to my wife about something today and she was like, babe, I don't know if that's on a video. I think uh, you <laughs> heard him talking. And I yeah. said, that's a good ability because I used to play it at night when we were sleeping. That's a way of learning too. I've heard like, like with studying and things, you yeah. put it on something on tape and you put the headphones on and you go and take a nap. You're still taking it in, even if you're not conscious, yeah. you know? So, yes. But you got to be careful with that because, if it's something that could be uh, used against you, you that's a way for mind control as well, just yeah. to get 
It's Bill Cooper. I wouldn't no, mind. I know. I'm saying, I'm saying like, <laughs> I mean, like government sanctioned things, and then like you're right, listening right, to right, that. Right, right. That's yeah, yeah. But, um, well, for those that are not familiar, again, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you could probably describe it better than I could. But the Babylon series, what what was he get, trying to? What message was he trying to get out with that? Because um, I had to revisit it myself. Well, I'm just gonna let you know it, it might make some Christians super angry about what well, he said. They'll have to keep an open mind, and it's not tearing down their. That's all I ask. Just keep yeah. an open mind when you listen to Bill Cooper, because um, he said a lot of things uh, that irritated me. Um, oh yeah, he could be an irritating guy, but he, but he wouldn't be yes yeah. He wouldn't yeah. be yes yeah. Of course not. Um, Bill Cooper is one of my heroes, Chris. Um, I hold that I, I hold that guy on a very high pedestal. Um, but I'm not has, a fan or whatever. He, but he, he has. But I, I feel the same way, but like all these guys that I talk about, or even ladies like May Brissell, yep. they were just human too. So Absolutely. I think people put people up as deity. I'm not saying you, but other people make other people deities, and that's not a good thing either. For even the people they're talking about, they'll want that most of the time, you know, unless they're fans. <laughs> I've learned so much from that gentleman. Um, like uh, I was watching just before we started doing this, I was watching the first part of the, the Porterville video. Yeah. And uh, he goes into, uh, he basically goes into telling women that uh, you shouldn't marry a man before he's 36 years old because you're just wasting your time. Yeah. And he's not ready to be tied down at, uh, and, and probably until after that age. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. Just, just People are not mature enough yet. If you no. settle them for the rest of their lives, you're setting yourself up to disaster, in my opinion. So, um, you know, he's gonna. There's gonna be some stuff that he says in those videos that people aren't gonna like, but most well, he, of it's he, he decodes things in history, right? He he sees all the secret societies and everything, and uh, the powers well, that are controlling us still are a continuation from all that years and thousands of years, right? Basically, Rome is is the Vatican. Yeah, you know. So he goes uh, into the Zionism too, which gets misconstrued as uh, he's against Jewish people. He was not never against Jewish people. They tried to paint him like that when he when he couldn't defend himself anymore when he, they murdered him. Yeah. Um, not they, as in the Jewish people. I mean the the Feds when they they murdered him. He they people tried to smear him as being a bigot and everything. And keep in mind, he had a. He had a half Chinese daughter. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> people, I don't know. It was he, you know. Yeah. Um. But the Babylon series, you really recommend it for? Oh, well, I would. I would. I would. It. It starts off at the dawn of man. Yeah. And he tells you his his what he thinks how everything started out. He decodes wow. everything, and he did a presentation in Dealey Plaza. He did a whole uh, presentation about all the uh, masonry that's yeah. around there, like obelisks oh. and all this stuff. Fascinating. That's another thing, Chris, is a lot of people don't understand the symbolism. Um, yeah. the seat, like um, I was discussing uh, the um, Don't Tread on Me flag with my buddy last week. That's right, with the snake and the yeah, and the coils. 
asked him, I said, do you really know what that, that flag means? Yeah. And what he do you say? Like, well, he was, you know, he's the typical, you know, he doesn't want the, the government's boot on his neck. Right. Right. I said, but that's not what that all means. I not said, you don't, you don't even know what that really means, dude. I don't even really know what it means unless you study the esoteric meanings and symbolisms and yeah. Stuff like that, you're never gonna know what that flag truly means to them. Right. Okay. It doesn't matter what it means to us because right. we're just we're just the rats. We're just the slaves. Yeah. But what it means to them is a whole different thing. Right. And that's where the where you have to study the symbolisms and you have to study the the secret societies because they're all living this yeah. they know it we don't and the descendants of uh, the people that were in the secret societies are still among us you know this is why they they have this they believe in karma so this is why they show us yeah because you know they think that they're going to get away with it no not how it works but right and then you look at the like nasa the whole program and all the imagery they have all these like secret like masonic symbols and everything right just like on our money yeah there's secret stuff everywhere you know yeah um, well that's you know that's the thing is he breaks down a lot of these secret societies um in in the babylon series um, yeah i have to revisit it myself because it was a lot for me to even uh be able to take in and handle you know, he well, did a whole he did a whole presentation where he broke down the Lion King by Disney and showed all like how that 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 was like a mind f a mind coitus right there. You know what I mean? You know how many times I've seen that movie, Chris? A yeah. bunch of times because my son used to love watching that. Right. Movie. Exactly. And I was like that. I probably wouldn't have let him watch it. Yeah, and I'm like, damn you, Bill Cooper, you're taking no, 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 <laughs> no. But he was finding out what, what was right there in plain sight. All he was trying to do was open people's eyes up. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was he 100 correct? I can't say for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure, but he pointed out a thing or two. Day, do the research. You'll yeah. find your own truth. Exactly. So, well. You know what I want to do, Tom? I want to do another screen share, right? Okay. I want to get your take on what is said during the... It's a couple of minutes, and it's an interview. It's from the week before he was gunned down in his own yard. And what I want to do is I'm going to mute. If we mute at the same time, it'll be cool, all right? I'll go three, two, one, all right? Three, two, one. Let me tell you a little bit about him, what we're doing tonight. Well, we'll be taking your calls. William Cooper served with the Strategic Air Command, United States Air Force. He held a secret clearance working on B-52 bombers, KC-135 refueling aircraft, and Minuteman missiles. He held top secret clearance, achieving the rank of first class petty officer, QMI-E6. And after eight years, 
of Navy service. He got an honorable discharge in 1975. William Cooper was awarded several medals for his leadership and heroism during combat, during two with V for Valor, including two with V for Valor. Now, in these years, when he had all this access, he saw incredible documents, mostly classified, and discovered the existence of secret societies, UFO conspiracies, government cover-ups. He wrote a book that is an all-time classic. Again, this book, if anything, was what started the whole X-Files mania. Behold a pale horse. The book deals with secret governments, UFOs, Area 51, mystery schools, various government conspiracy, black helicopters, you name it. And um, he's had problems before with people trying to capture him. By the way, he has another book coming out, and he has a shortwave radio show every night, Monday through Thursday, on his own. But now, as we speak, the FBI and other government types have vowed to get him before April 15th. They called his daughter, and they tried to get his daughter to give him information so they could get him. Just a few nights ago, there were his dog and himself kind of outsmarted some of the feds because they were kind of closing in on the hills around his house, and they were doing hooting sounds. This is all on his website. So he started hooting back and confused them. But anyway, he's still he's still uh, free and uh, doing well. William Cooper, welcome to the show. There you go, William. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Good evening. Nice to have you on. Man, wow. I, I think the best way to start is, if you would, uh, tell the audience the whole story, starting with when they called Jessica and uh, what they want, what do you suspect might happen, worst-case scenario? Where do we stand today? Take all the time you want, William. Okay. Well, it actually started many years ago when uh, I discovered there was no law passed by Congress requiring anybody to file and pay income taxes. And I didn't uh, believe that, so uh, I called the IRS and asked them to tell me what the law was that required me to file and pay the income tax. They couldn't do it. And uh, I was dumbfounded, so I started asking other people, you know, people who should know, lawyers and tax attorneys and CPAs and accountants. I went to H&R Block, who do all your tax returns, and asked them, what's the law that requires me to file and pay income tax? And nobody, and I mean nobody, can produce such a law, not even uh, my senators and, and representatives. And so I told the IRS, I'm not going to file and I'm not going to pay until you can show me a law that requires me to do it. And it would be very simple. I mean, if there is such a law, why wouldn't they have an interest in producing it so that there would be no controversy? And I'm not the only one. It's about 65 million people who no longer file or pay the income tax. And now businesses are beginning to catch on that they're not required by law to withhold any monies from anybody's paycheck. In fact, it's against the law for them to do so unless they've been named as a withholding agent by the federal government and no business has ever been named as, as such a withholding agent. So I've challenged them in letters. Uh, I've challenged them on the air. Please, just do something very simple. Produce the law that requires me to file and pay the income tax. If you can't do it, I'm not going to file and I'm not going to pay it. And uh, so they absolutely refuse to produce anything. So I took them to court, sued them. 
a United States District Court in Phoenix, Arizona, and was winning. They had perjured themselves twice. They were unable to produce any of the documentation that I asked for in my lawsuit. And uh, so they went to a grand jury and lied to the grand jury, did not tell the grand jury that uh, I had requested them to, to produce the law that requires me to file and pay the income tax. They did not tell the grand jury that I was prosecuting them in a lawsuit in United States District Court and was winning. And uh, they lied and, and obtained indictments against myself and my wife. If the grand jury had known all these things, they never would have, have brought indictments. They did not allow me to testify to the grand jury. The IRS was up against the wall. I had them. <laughs> I had them in a in a very very bad situation, and the only way to stop me from winning that lawsuit was to bring warrants for my arrest, so that I could no longer go into court. And so I had to notify the judge that I was withdrawing the suit against the IRS, hoping to be able to file it again sometime later. I never heard another word from the court, so I have no idea what the judge did. Not too long ago, uh, Agent Fillerup, who was the local FBI agent up here in the White Mountains area, was transferred, and they brought two new agents in. And um, the word that sifted to me was that they were brought in to replace Agent Fillerup, uh, who had a great deal of respect for me, uh, in order to, to bring me in. Uh, my daughter called, oh, I guess two, three weeks ago, and told me that uh, the U.S. Marshals were really bothering her and threatening her and uh, wanted her to uh, draw a diagram of all the rooms in the house and, and uh, that they had been asked by the Internal Revenue Service to bring me in uh, on or before, preferably before April the 15th. Real quick, how old is she? She's 20 years old. Okay, just want to get an idea. Okay, go ahead. She'll be 21 April the 2nd. Okay, because they were threatening her. I mean, you know, what can, yeah. they, what can they do to her? I mean, she's, you know, it's nothing well, to do with they, what you do. The government does not operate within the law anymore. They, they, we're talking about tyranny here. So uh, she she absolutely refused to cooperate. In fact, won't even talk to them anymore. And uh, the night of the 13th, which was just a few days ago, uh, I went to bed on the 13th. And uh, I have, I, I can't go into too much detail because I don't want people to know exactly what it is, but I have um, really set up this, this entire area so that nobody can even come near without me knowing it. Even outside of your property? Yes. Okay. And uh, uh, these, these uh, devices began to alert me at about 2 a.m., which would be the morning of the 14th, and between 2 a.m. and 2.15, uh, I managed to um, pinpoint with the night vision six men armed with, uh, it could have been automatic or semi-automatic rifles, but definitely of the assault, of what people normally would call the assault-type rifle, were uh, coming, proceeding uh, across the hill toward my house. And so once I had pinpointed them and made sure that there was nobody else anywhere else, and that's exactly where the alarms were coming from, and there were uh, three malicious entries up here besides myself, I managed to locate one with the night vision who was signaling me that these there were intruders on the hill, 
and in fact he was in their rear and uh, had another sentry in their rear and then one on their east flank and I left the house uh, with a Mac 90 and uh, three 30 round clips of ammunition and went below the crest of the hill around to the east side about 60 yards from the front door and um, these guys I don't know who these guys were I don't know where they were from I don't know what agency they represented uh, they may have even been bounty hunters I have no idea but uh, they were they were um, hooting like owls it would start with the guy all the way over on the west side and he would do his little owl hoot and then the next guy a couple of seconds later and then the next until there were six and I I remember thinking this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. These guys would have been dead in five minutes in Vietnam. Was it a good imitation of a howl at least? Oh yeah. They were very, they were very <laughs> Okay. Very All right. So you had a you obviously knew something was not right here. Okay. So go ahead. Yeah, so uh, uh there were now four of us, two of us in their rear. Okay. All right. We'll get back to that in a second. But I, I, I didn't want to play the whole thing uh, right off the bat. I wanted to get your thoughts on what he, the story up until that point. And uh, did you hear the whole thing successfully? Mm-hmm. So, what do you think, so backing up a little bit, um, the whole tax situation. Uh, what do you think? Was he onto something there? Absolutely. Um, they brought they brought in two new agents. Yeah. How do we know they weren't the IRS? Exactly. You know what I mean. He went to H and R Block to get the the law, and they, they couldn't. There's no law that says there's there's nothing. He's 100 percent absolutely right about the tax thing. It's not in the Constitution. It's, it's not. not. There's no law. There's nothing. You can ask the best IRS person that knows everything about the IRS. I've I've seen. There was this video I watched one time with this lady who worked for the IRS and she entered a co- a contest basically um, to find the law, find where it says that it's yeah. legal for them to take taxes she couldn't find it she looked everywhere she said she said she looked for months searched everything yeah. nothing, she could find nothing so how, thing. so how were they able to lock up people like Wesley Snipes that they clearly made an example of? That's what I'm still trying to figure out. Well, how come they don't pay taxes? I don't know. <laughs> because it's a, the rule is for us and not for them. Right. Yeah. That's how they get away with it. You know, um, they have all these lawyers and back doors to put their money in and, you know, off, uh, off, you know, well, offshore accounts. Well, or they start up all these com- you know, these nonprofit Show, companies. Shell companies, yeah. You know, they launder their money through the through these things. You know, yeah. Or the Swiss so, banks. Or, <laughs> yeah. They just opened up a new. Uh, um. Uh, the hell's the name of that? Um, Amazon distribution center here in Oregon. They did that in Mass too, I think. Yeah, it's a couple football fields wide, long. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, they're probably not paying any taxes, dude. 
Yeah, you're, yeah, they you get tackled. Like when Amazon comes in, really what should be happening is they should be giving, they should be paying taxes to the state of Oregon. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that money should be distributed out throughout to try to help people, you know, try to get them on their feet so they can be productive uh, citizens. Um, right. You know, so they can get jobs, own homes, have families, you know, like everybody else wants to. Um, yeah. That's what should be going on. I'm not saying welfare or keep giving them free stuff. Right. You know, Got to help these people get on their feet so they can feel good about themselves as, you know, human beings, you yeah, know, like exactly. they're, they're accomplishing something, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what a lot of people need in life. They need to know that they're accomplishing things, you know? It keeps life going for absolutely. Um, like goals, <laughs> like, like, like Isaiah, he was pretty much dropped off on our, on our doorstep. Um, you know, and he's a good kid, dude. Um, and if we don't, if we don't try to get our claws into him soon, he could be, he could be another lost individual. And, and I don't want that. And neither does my wife. So yeah. this, Chris, this is like, God sent him to us. You know what I'm saying? And like, he's just like, try to do the best you can to try to help this young man out. And that's yeah. what the, that's what the goal is, you know. And and he brings a lot of joy into the house too, which is nice. My my wife has been really depressed lately. She's really liking having Isaiah around, which is which is cool. Yeah. And we really like Isaiah. He's a good kid, dude. He's super smart. You know what I mean? Like he's doing soundboard stuff. Like you, he found a he found a a soundbite that kind of sounds like you. And I forgot what it what it what it said, but. He's he's been talking about you quite a bit too lately. He's like, hey, what's up with that guy that you do the show with? I'm all that's Chris, and he's like, yeah, let's talk to him. <laughs> so, yeah, he's all excited when he, when he thinks we're live or when we're just talking or whatever. It's pretty cool. Dude. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, just uh, <clears throat> just to show you. Uh, just to show everyone out there why uh, Bill Cooper, in the end, he had to kind of, he had to kind of send his wife and daughter like out of the country because, uh, you know, he was fearing not for his life, but for theirs, the, because this tax situation kind of was uh, a way for, uh, you know, the powers that be to, to kind of um, keep him on his property all the time, keep it, you know, him under constant threat, you know, of, they could come get him at any time, that type of thing. And he went on for years and years and just did, eventually you could hear it in you could hear it in his voice when he would talk about missing his uh, his wife and daughter, you know, that he does some, you know, he feels like no one else is doing what he's doing and that he basically gave up his, his life to get the word out to people to use their friggin' brains, you know. That's why he would get upset so easily with callers like, well, can you send me this or send me that information? That's why he would go, do the research yourself. And I could see, you could hear it because he's like, I gave up everything, you know, and yeah. wasn't wrong. Well, what bothered me is uh, when they said that when he sent his wife and daughter off, that uh, his wife left him. And I'm not buying that at all. That's right. That kind of irritated me when I heard that. I was like, whoa. I never got that impression. You know what I mean? No, I, I didn't either. 
because he loved that little girl. You could hear her because yeah. she, she would be on the broadcast with him a whole bunch, you know. And but anyway, let's let's go back and just finish up like a, this uh, kind of goofy ambush that they they tried to do. Uh, they tried to get him a couple of times in the weeks before they eventually did get him. And as you hear him talking to Alan uh, Handelman there uh, from November of two thousand one. You know, he kind of they're kind of joking about it, but this is a situation where I think they were trying to kill him, you know, or like he said, they could have been bounty hunters, you know, trying to get him off the land just because he challenged this whole tax thing, you know. And he was, uh, you know, he predicted 9 11, he predicted school shootings, he predicted basically the CBDC and viruses like, uh, like the pandemic, he was talking about that stuff like 30 years ago, you know, and it was in Behold a Pale Horse, a lot of it, his book, which I believe was one of the most passed around books in prisons and in psych wards, like in history. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, in, another, in prison for sure. Yes. And he knew about that. And he kind of, he kind of joked about it a little bit, you know, but he, you know, the thing he was most proud of though, I think not most proud of, but thing that he would acknowledge and get a kick out of. It was the fact that all the a whole bunch of uh, rappers and things really respected him. I was just going to say that Chris, old dirty bastard, old dirty bastard. I think they even met once too. I found an article, dude. He was yeah. doing about Bill Cooper and talking yeah. about Bill Cooper. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, you know, because black people, were, you know, they would know most about like the, the man or the powers that be that would want to uh, do them wrong or keep them, keep them down and everything, you know? So, he, he, you know what I mean? Like, so if, if, I, I'm sure, pretty sure almost all black people know about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's funny how that Bill Cooper gets like painted as this like bigot, like homophobic, racist, anti-Semite, you know, against Jewish people when he wasn't that at all. No, not at all. They did the same thing to Yusuf Mullins. Yeah, they bought up all his books when he pressed them, had them released, so nobody could see his books. Yeah, yeah. And then because he wrote some books on. On Jewish, uh, well, I would say the Zionism. Right. Yeah. So the Jewish people, but Zionism. As an anti-Semite. Right. That's what it's going to say on Wikipedia. Same with Bill Cooper. Yeah. And people, people got use your brains. You know, do your do your own research. Like like the man said. You know, I even created a podcast with his his saying there. Don't take our word for it. It was in honor of. The late William Cooper. So I'll just, uh, it's only a couple more minutes, uh, but it, this is his final interview. Not his final show. He did a final show the night that he was murdered, his own show. But it had nothing to do with the people, you know, in his yard and all the running around. He was actually talking about what he was going to be doing with his next book, if I remember correctly, which never did get published, by the way. So I would love to get my hands on that manuscript wherever it is, you know. Absolutely. I think it had a lot to do with his time in Vietnam, too. But I don't know where that is. Maybe if we can get Doyle Shamley on here, maybe he might have some insight on that. But you, I think you were about to say something right before I was going to finish the clip. It's only a couple more minutes. But... Go ahead. Play the clip. Let's play the clip. All right. So going back to anyone that just joined right now, uh, I was playing a, a clip from Bill Cooper's fin like, final interview on the radio. 
not his final show, but final interview on someone else's show, which was about a week or two before he was gunned down on his own property. Um, it was with Alan, Alan Handelman, who's done other um, pretty cool interviews with people like Tom Grant, who I actually helped uh, for a little bit there. Uh, he was the private investigator involved with getting the, the Kirk Cobain murder um, information out to the public. Anyway, Alan Handelman and the late, great William Cooper. And I'm going to mute on three, two, one, okay? Three, two, one. And then... Uh five minutes in Vietnam. Was it a good imitation of the guy all the way over on the west side? I don't know who these guys were. I don't know. I'd about 60 yards from the front door. And um, these guys, I don't know who these guys were. I don't know where they were from. I don't know what agency they represented. Uh, they may have even been bounty hunters. I have no idea. But uh, they were, they were um, hooting like owls. It would start with the guy all the way over on the west side, and he would do his little owl hoot, and then the next guy a couple of seconds later, and then the next until there were six. And I, I remember thinking this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. These guys would have been dead five minutes in Vietnam. Was it a good imitation of a howl at least? Oh yeah, they were very. They were very <laughs> okay, very all right. So you have a, you obviously knew something was not right here. Okay, so go ahead. Yeah. So. Uh, there were now four of us, two of us in their rear, and then uh, myself and another malicious entry uh, to the east, directly to the east of them. And uh, they were swinging around in this sort of like a half moon formation toward toward the house. I have no idea what they had planned to do uh, when they got there. But uh, all of a sudden, I had a brainstorm, and I when when it got to the you know, to the center, I would hoot like an owl. And uh, then the sentries caught on, and they were hooting like owls. And these guys didn't catch on for a few minutes until they were almost, you know, on the property, on, on the actual property of the house. And then they just stopped dead in their tracks because obviously they had, they had figured it out. That Too many hoots. Four extra hoots, yeah. Yeah, too many hoots. <laughs> and in places where nobody should have been, at least nobody in their team. And uh, so they stopped dead in their tracks. And about that time, the security lights uh, around the house came on. And these are 600-watt lights and just lit up the whole top of the hill and caught several of them in the light. And uh, one of them uh, hit the ground. I mean, he just dove headfirst to the ground right in front of Crusher, who was on his cable. And it was lucky he fell about three inches short of the total length of Crusher's cable because he was looking right into a mouthful of the biggest teeth you ever saw in your life. And you trained your dog to be silent. Yes. That's interesting. Silent yeah. And uh, the, it must have just scared this guy half to death because he... He was doing something like Michael Jackson's moonwalk mm -hmm. only on his belly. Yeah, well, and they they all just panicked because they knew they had somebody behind them and somebody to the east of them, and now this dog comes out of nowhere. And Crusher's a huge Rottweiler, and they they broke ranks and and just ran down the side of the hill, and we just laughed and laughed and laughed.
notoriously well, funny, at least was there's... also a very dangerous. Uh, um... Well, you know, if the, if the feds are out to get you, they got your place surrounded. They vow to get you by the 15th. A little bit of levity, I guess, is welcome. You know, a little laugh here and there. But seriously, though, we don't want another Ruby Ridge. We don't want another Waco. Um, and your your conviction, you're not going to be taken. You're not going to, you know, just walk out. They're going to have to get you with force. You've said that. No, they're going to have to kill me. And you're going to try to kill them before they kill you. Well, I will certainly defend myself. Absolutely. That's my right to do that. I will not bow to tyranny, and they're going to have to kill me. And if they kill me, they lose. Do you don't really? Do you really think that they would try to do something after knowing what the publicity from the other disasters in the past has cost them? Do you think they would try this at all? Well, see, Alan, they're between a rock and a hard spot. I can prove every single thing that I've said tonight. Um, you know that I I never make statements without proof, and and I have the proof. Um, and and if you and if any of your listeners don't believe it, have them call the IRS, call their senators, call their representatives, call the Justice Department, and just ask a simple question: What is the law that requires me to file and pay the income tax? Very simple question. And if there is such a law, it should be a very simple answer. But they won't get an answer because there is no such law. Not only that, but the Internal Revenue Service. It's not an agency of the Department of Treasury, and it's not an agency of the United States government. Now, that sounds really weird, but if you look in the United States Code, under the Department of the Treasury, it must, leave, it must list in the United States Code every agency of the United States Treasury, and you'll find that there are three who claim to be agencies of the United States Treasury Department, or the Department of the Treasury, I should say, that are not listed. That's the Internal Revenue Service, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and the Secret Service. They're not listed at all. And if they're not listed in the law, they are not agencies. We've also found a, uh, a, a um, court record where attorneys for the United States government, United States attorneys, said actually in court, under oath, that they deny they flatly deny that the Internal Revenue Service is an agency of the United States government. And we're going to have that on our website pretty soon, and anybody can get a duplicate of it from the National Archives simply by filing a request and be willing to pay whatever their fees are. They're reasonable. Just some logistical questions, William. Do you ever leave your property? Well, if I did, I wouldn't tell you, especially okay. on national radio. <laughs> well, I know they're probably listening, but I mean, so you are, for all intents and purposes, you're you're pretty much stuck in your house. No, not at all. Okay, we'll leave that at that. Uh, do you, let me ask you this because I like you. I mean, as I, you know, we don't always agree. I, I I would never do this myself, obviously, but I respect your opinion. But don't come on, I don't want you to die. You know, you're, Jessica doesn't want you to die. Well, all those guys in the Revolutionary War, they didn't want to die either, but they didn't want to be subject to the tyranny of King George. True, but it, no what's choice. more important, your life or just being right on making a point? No, it's not It's not being right. That's not what it's about. It's about opposing tyranny. Yes. Tyranny must be opposed. It cannot be allowed to prevail. We're Americans. This whole nation was based upon the opposition to tyranny based upon a belief in 
and the dedication to freedom. And uh, by God, I'm not going to let all those people in the history of this country who have died to keep me from tyranny and who have died to make sure that I can live free, I'm not going to let them down by bowing to tyranny and, and helping to enslave us. So there comes a time where you have to understand that if you want to be free, you must be willing to die for it, or you cannot and will not ever be free. Yeah, but your loved ones may not feel that way, you know? And well, they they're, the ones, sure. they're the I'm ones... I'm sure that George Washington and Patrick Henry and Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, all of the people who served in the Revolutionary War and served in the War of 1812 and, and fought all of these na this nation's battles, uh, I'm sure that they had relatives who didn't want them to die. But we wouldn't be living in a free nation today if they didn't. We wouldn't even have been a nation mm -hmm. if they weren't willing to die for what they believed in. No, and I, I agree with that and respect that. By the way, have they interfered with your broadcast at all or your communications? I know you're, you're on the phone, so. But how about your shortwave broadcast every night, 10 p.m. Eastern time on uh, WBCQ, which is shortwave 7415? Well, there's certainly been attempts to uh, to jam the broadcast. Uh, and anybody who listens to the to the program knows that they have, uh, from time to time, uh, actively uh, jammed or, or attempted to jam the broadcast, and uh, sometimes to the point where you couldn't even hear it. What would it take? And I think I know your answer because you already said what you wanted. But what would it take to get you? to allow the feds in your home and to uh, cooperate with them. What would it take? Nothing. Nothing. I, what I mean, you I, already I said, you already said that you, if they showed you a law that yeah. you were required to pay tax, if they show me the law that requires me to file and pay taxes. Yes. Very simple. I, and you've been asking for this for you. And when was the last time you paid taxes? Not just me, but many people True. have been asking I, for this for years. How many years now has it been since you paid income tax? It's been, uh, let me see, this is 2001. It's been uh, 13, about 14 years, I'd mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. All right, we're, we're going to, we have a lot of calls. We're not going to take them yet. We'll take them later. 800 Rock Talk is our number. Late, great William Bill Cooper. Yes, sir. Pretty much Stealing says it all. Huh? Stealing from us. I know. I know, Tom. I know. And he gives a good explanation, too, right, in this, this last part on how they're doing it. Yeah. So these agencies that aren't a part of, you know, the Constitution or whatever – they can get away with this. They, they don't have to go by the law because they're not they're not included. So and that was two thousand one. Yeah. Evil. Well, this, Bill Cooper. Yeah. Man. I know. He'll wake you up for sure. He'll yeah, wake he was, you up for sure. He, he was right about Alex Jones. He was right about nine eleven. He was right about everything that we're going through right now, and have been going through for. 40, 50 years. <laughs> you know, he may have been wrong on a couple of things, but people don't give him credit for uh, going back and saying he was wrong like with the whole alien thing. Like he, he realized that, that 
the them pushing that alien agenda and you know all the saucer technology and the all the ufos that he used to talk about he realized that they were most likely man-made in the end but people don't give him credit for for seeing seeing you know changing his mind he same with the zapruder film that he was given by some secret service guy that apparently was altered enough to make him convinced at one time that the driver turned around and shot jfk with a, a handgun he came out and said later on that he was mistaken you know you don't hear that really from alex jones too much at all so and a um, real man can admit when he's wrong right absolutely he was no saint don't get me wrong he had his problems but and he which, might have not have been the nicest guy to talk to on the phone, but he was never BSing you. Sorry. You know, you say? Which one of us are saints? Well, I no. used to be. St. Christopher? No. I don't <laughs> I'm too devilish. <laughs> I've been vegan all my life. Still am. You're I'm not Is that what you I'm said? Yes, sir. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense because uh, I don't think that I think I think it was you that informed me of what that really meant, <laughs> heathen. Uh, those are great Viking warriors. Yeah. Um, warriors but, are not nice people. But they religious, to, they, religious they, people like to use like to kind of use that term as demonic or something, you know. Which actually, I think about it. Yeah, like you're you're a sinner. We're all sinners, Chris. We've all committed sins at one time in our lives. Well, three times in one night at once. There you go. Three um. times later. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I got I got one more clip that's only two minutes long. Do you got that in you for the late break? Dude, I always have it in me for Bill Cooper. Always. Right, we'll, talk, we'll talk some more right after that. But I kind of like with my OCDs kicking in, I want to make sure we get in to this because i told people about this part this part is with doyle shamley and it's about i think maybe 10 years after bill cooper's death and it's with a uh, it's with a, a, a guy by the name of jack blood that i actually was on his show recently when uh chuck Wachelli was still producing the jack blood show and i had jack blood on one of my digging chris graves episodes where we talked about him you know being an ex-roommate of courtney love in the 80s up in the seattle music scene and everything but jack goes and, and does a whole interview with doyle shamley who was uh bill cooper's like best friend all the way up until the end they lived close by to bill doyle did a documentary about bill's murder in the, those those last years or whatever and he drops a bombshell, which I'm still, if I ever get the chance, I'd like to talk to Doyle Shamley about what he meant by this. But it's a clip where he talks about how on September 11, 2001, in which, let's remember, three months prior, actually predicted the events of 9-11. But then, of course, Alex Jones claimed, claimed that he predicted it. But Bill did it like a month before Alex, Alex's famous video. So anyway, here it is. It's uh, about 10 years later. It's like 2011, 2012. Let me see if I got it all queued up. And yep, here we go. All right, I'm going to share it one more time. All right, this one's only like a three-minute clip, all right, Tom? Yeah, no worries, dude. All right, and it, it goes into something weird where it almost seemed like throughout the whole state of Arizona, 
there were weird, mysterious deaths of anybody with the name Bill or William Cooper on September 11, 2001. And keep in mind, I think the only reason that the Bill Cooper didn't get arrested and taken out is he went on the air for nine hours and covered the events of September 11, 2001. So I think that bought him an extra two months of his life because he went on the air and they didn't want another Waco or Ruby Ridge type thing. And during that time, he was on the air and he had a shootout. Even with the terrorists or the events going on in New York and Washington, this this would have uh, stuck out too. Maybe not right at first, but all of us researchers would have went back and said, what was this all about? Anyway, here it goes. I'm going to go three, two, one again. All right. And then I'm going to mute and then we'll do that. And then we'll finish up the show and uh, maybe tell a dirty joke or two. Or oh, no, we won't. No, we won't. Can't be a dirty joke, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it can be a clean, dirty joke that Mr. Rogers could have told. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Speaking of that, uh, that's like some of the recent events that have been going on around. And I know we're going to cover a lot of exciting developments and uh, good news yeah. uh, on the battlefronts of freedom tonight. So I'm real excited. Well, good. And thank you again for joining us. And, and I want to welcome your audience because I know you guys are his radio show and how successful that was. Uh, as to begin broadcasting on multiple satellites, shortwave, everything. So. Uh, he was dedicated to the broadcast and the research and documenting that research uh, 20, 23 hours a day if you were around him. That was the mission. Come hell or high water, the broadcast and the website once the Internet came around. You know, the old days, uh, BBS archives and all those forums, yeah. was, he was on those. And... Uh, he was passionate about the broadcast, just like the 9-11, the day of 9-11. We were on 10 hours straight, and because we don't edit broadcasting uh, to this day, uh, even in the broadcast, you can hear right after like nine hours, he's starving, he hasn't laughed. Uh, I had to run to Arby's and get him a sandwich, and uh, that's how dedicated he was, like that day, you know, 10 hours. Bill not only knew uh, what, you know, might have happened on 9-11 and who was to blame, but he had uh, a prediction, a famous prediction that I, I know uh, uh, Alex Jones, others have tried to take credit for, but he, he had a, a prediction. He saw this all coming, which, you know, I think made him maybe one of the most dangerous men to the New World Order walking around. This is why he didn't he didn't last too long after 9-11. Can you can you cover that prediction uh, and then, of course, the, the incident on his front lawn and what did happen to him? Yeah, the prediction was that the, the attack in the uh, September on America and that it would be blamed on Middle Eastern terrorists came out before anybody else, just plain and simple, uh, on the air live. And uh, remember already previously, our the time and... Bill, we're in the Clinton Gate scandal now. I, you know, I get so sick of that name because everything's a gate nowadays. Right. But uh, Clinton Gate was a lot of people may not remember, but 
he had been keeping dossier files in the Oval Office with the help of spooks on his desk, and he got caught doing it. And Bill was one of the files. Uh, when Rush Limbaugh's network foia'd for all these files, who's involved, blah, 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 he read the memo that Bill Clinton had put in there uh, about Bill was the most dangerous talk show host in America. Yeah. And Rush Limbaugh read that memo on the air, and uh, at that point, he became a real target. And in fact, when you look in the state autopsy and crime scene reports, which uh, most haven't, uh, for that fateful day when he was gunned down in the back um, of in November, what they say in there was actually they had planned on doing an attack on 9-11 on the home and studio. So they wanted to take him out at the exact same time. You know, I've talked to some other people, including Richard Andrew Grove, who were targeted to go down that day on 9-11. So Bill was one of those people. Yes, and I'll tell you something else that proves to me there was roundups going on around. Um, Bill is Bill, right? We were friends. But technically, if you were to look up a, a name, like in a directory, you know, you'd see William, of course. Here's what's crazy. You remember after that... Uh, um, I well, I don't want to say nothing bad on the air that's inappropriate, but John Kyle, the senator helping with the Patriot Act, and you remember, and you broadcast, the tracking of people at libraries. Yeah. Well, some of my follow-up work for loop, uh, little holes on the reporting, so we could have, you know, original printouts of newspaper articles even, for the archives for what happened that day and how it was reported when he was murdered. I was in the largest library in Phoenix by the state capitol doing research. And I call this up on the records, and I'm having heck with microfilms and digital databases on their network, so I've got the head librarian. And he goes, oh, do you know what you just did? And I said, no. And he goes, well, you have entered, you have requested info that's on our hit list. We're supposed to notify law enforcement, anybody looking up information on Bill Cooper. So he rushed, I would never say his name, he was so congenial. He rushed all the printouts off microfilms off to me and got me out the door of the library before anybody arrived. But one thing he pointed out also was that there was, uh, ironically, other Williams and Bills, Coopers around the state that died in mysterious accidents on 9-11. I've never heard that before, Doyle. Yeah. Well, I mean, a documentary, you've only got so much time, if we, yeah. you know. So unfortunately, the the hour of our time, the documentary on Bill's life and his death, you know, we can only fit so much an hour and a half. Well, that's that's a pretty important point, showing that uh, going out and targeting William Cooper's was the, the order. Name. Well, why did it take him so long to get him? And if you could explain, because I, I've heard a few different versions of the shooting itself, uh, which again just took place weeks after 9-11. Uh, tell us... Uh, some of, if you can just break that down, because we're not we don't have a lot of time here, but but, but give us the the specifics on the shooting. Well, the the basics are this: uh, at lunch we had done our normal routines of uh, filling shipments to customers, uh, lining up the broadcast for that evening, uh, shopping and everything, and I went off to work as a technician on microwave transmissions. Um, so. That evening, the tactical team 
decided that this is the night to move. So they had a quick meeting at their uh, at the rodeo grounds uh, at the edge of town around 6 p.m. in the you know afternoon, early evening. Um, they got halfway organized. They went up the. Now we had had a problem and constantly always involved law en- law enforcement with hecklers, looky loos, protesters coming on the property. Um, so it was routine to have to call the police for those issues. And the police uh, would come tell me, hey, someone's messing around up there. We ran them off, whatever. So they knew that, doing internal investigations, the sheriff's department, on track records, because Eager Police was not involved in that, even though they were in the town of Eager, the deputies. Uh, they went up in an unmarked Chevy pickup, had a man laying in the floorboards of the pickup, why two people were sitting in the seat, and in the back of the truck, they had three more officers under a tarp. And then they went up to the end of the cul-de-sac and by his house and the only home up there and blared the music. So they fit the typical... Bunch of teenage punks. Yeah, so he ran out to tell them to leave, and ironically, they even admitted that when he told them to leave, that he turned the truck around to get back, you know, a cul-de-sac, to get pointed back towards the house, uh, told them, I'm going to call the eager police. This is private. And headed back, and as soon as he did that, now, see, law enforcement that doesn't even know about what's going on is going to be involved, and that would obviously blow their cover. So a gentleman jumped from behind a cedar tree bush, a juniper bush, uh, and came at the step side on Bill's driver's side. And they even admitted again to the eager police who didn't get called till after everybody shot and dead uh, that's involved, I mean, as far as injuries, uh, that he held his hands up, that they were empty with no guns like a sign of surrender, and said he was going to call the police. And then he realized, though, at that point, we're having to assume that this wasn't kids. Because now you got SWAT goons running from around trees. So he actually tore the entire exhaust out from under the truck going over a big rocky hump to avoid another gentleman and knock that guy off. Because you know how oftentimes law enforcement, when they go for a driver's window, what they're doing is they're trying to throw your shifter on the column and to park. That's a common tactic. They want to get that vehicle and park. And Bill didn't hit him, shoot him, or nothing, run over him, nothing like that, like you've heard. Uh, He ripped the exhaust off, getting to the front of his house, proceeded to run towards the front door. There was officers coming from all directions from around the home, because this is now, you know, at 11.30, 11.45, 11.50, as time's gone on at night. Uh, He's running for the front door, and shots start. He throws his right hand back, which is holding a snub nose 38, Smith and Wesson, um, and fires. And one went off into Netherlands because it went through the windshield and the side window of a 58 Chevy parked in the driveway. So it didn't hit nobody. And then supposedly one of his other rounds, because remember he's running, he's one legged, so he, Bill didn't run. He had a prosthesis. I knew him, lived with him everything for years. He didn't run. He hobbled. (laughs) 
because uh, of his prosthesis down the whole leg yeah. on one side. And he's swinging his arm backwards, they even said, and randomly firing because he's now under fire. And they got him down with bullets, and, his, and we have the autopsy reports to prove this. After he was down and incapable, we had an autopsy expert on the air. We did a whole program on it. He was incapable of any decision-making or physical functions because of the wounds. He was shot with stippling signs, which means that your muzzle is by law point-blank range because you're so close. The powder that's still burning that leaves the muzzle behind the projectile is hitting your skin and making burn marks, and that's called stippling. They proceeded to pump more rounds in with to his body. After he's on the ground, incapable of any movement or actions or decisions. Making sure they finish the job, Doyle. Yep. And when I was, they barricaded my, I had moved away a year before, but just down the street. We could see each other from back porches. We relayed information constantly, waved even that close. They barricaded my road and the eager police has now called that everything's done. The lieutenant and sergeant giving me the rundown on what happened told me three critical things. A, they were told in their briefings after the fact, remember, they weren't ever notified that this operation was going to happen. Which is normal, yeah. Yeah, that they did not want a Waco or Ruby Ridge media event, so they were not going to allow him to get in the house alive to the studio because we could just link up, right? Yeah. And tell the world, hey, I'm under attack. Right. So that's premeditated. Hold on, I, I want to talk. I apologize. That went uh, a little bit longer than two or three minutes, but I, I remembered it was pretty crucial. It's okay, dude. I've never heard that before. So, yeah. So they killed him. Yeah. And I'd, had, I'd never heard that they had. Uh, Point blank, shot him down like that. Yep. But um, I do know about the prosthesis leg that he had. Um, they made a trip to the hospital to talk to him. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't there was other attempts on his life. And that was earlier on in his life too. Yeah. In, in the, the beginning. That's how he lost the leg. Yeah, Someone tried to run him down with a car. Mm -hmm. So your thoughts, Tom? <laughs> it's a lot to take in, and it's pretty heavy um, stuff. All, all I'm going to say is, if that dude wasn't telling the truth, and why did they try to kill? Why did they kill him? Over the tax codes that don't exist, right? <laughs> yeah. it's pretty amazing. People like you, you know. There's other. There's others out there. Bill Schneider, Eustace Mullins. They were all assassinated. Dave McGowan. Dave McGowan. Jim Keith. Danny Casaloro. Yeah. Now, even uh, I got questions about Mae Brussell's death, too. I know she died of cancer, but so did Dave McGowan. But you never know. Yeah. You know? Well, anyway, folks, uh, I guess. Um, I just want to say thanks to everybody watching. Um, yeah. Some other shows you might want to check out, too. Uh, there's Nights of the Storm, America Unplugged. Um, David Knight, um, I, and I, protest. I, I, would, I, I protest, yes, um, and I would new suggest prisoners. new prisoners, um, and then 
of course, Jason and, and AT have their own their own shows that they do. Uh, Foxhole Tiger's and uh, Tiger's Den. Tiger's Den, yep. um, Foxhole. Please, if you get a chance, watch Charlie Robinson. That dude yeah. puts out some great information. And Monica Perez, too. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. that was, Chris, that was a great show you did with her, man. That was no, a great just, show. Just, well, I appreciate that. Just her uh, deep dives uh, show is really, really excellent. And macro, macro aggressions with Charlie Robinson. Find her on Rockfin as well. And, and uh, Chuck O'Chelly. O'Chelly. I don't want to forget about him. I like his show too. That the show he did with David was was interesting. I, I liked it. It was a good show. And now he's on Rockfin as well. So yeah, you can catch some of my little uh, digging uh, Chris Graves episodes there. Sh shame, shameless plug there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good night. Thank you. Um, much love and uh, respect out there to y'all. And uh, have a good night. Yeah, you guys have a good night, and uh, I'll just say this one last thing. Um, earlier today, I was able to rewatch the X Files movie from 1998, and the thing that stuck out to me that made me remember that the X Files writers took a lot of uh, Bill Cooper's work and incorporated it into the show, and even the movie. Because at one point, I think it was, um, I think it was a scene with Fox Mulder. Maybe it wasn't with Fox Mulder. One of the characters says, silent weapons. No, sorry. I screwed that up. Quiet weapons for silent wars, which was a, a Bill Cooper term. Behold a pale horse. And I just want to, to remind people that he had a big influence throughout the 1990s that is attributed now to Alex Jones and people like him. But Bill Cooper was uh, onto something because clearly they he was a threat. So, absolutely. And out of respect for the late great Bill Cooper, uh, I'm not even going to play the goofy uh, theme song music or anything. I'm just going to say you guys have a good night, and uh, we appreciate anybody and everybody that uh, tunes in and listens or watches. And uh, till we uh, till we speak again, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Thank you, Mr. Cooper. You too, Chris.